we're back. We're back. <laughs> yep. Is your throat clear? Uh, no, throat's not overly clear, but I'll see how I go. Okay. Yeah, it is funny to think since we spoke last that uh, our bodies have gone into shutdown for however many hours to do some sort of processing of life. Meaning sleep. Hit. Meaning sleep, yeah. You know, I still find that odd that that's part of something we just accept that, you know, because it's like dying, isn't it, really, in a weird kind of way? Well, yeah, you don't know where you go. <laughs> you, you leave. <laughs> you go somewhere. No. Yeah. But there is a moment where you're no, nowhere, effectively. There's no... The only thing really you can remember in a sleep, being asleep, is dreaming. If you don't dream, you don't remember anything. Anyway, it's not really what uh, we're here to talk about. Is dreaming at the moment. I, well, what are what are we here to talk about tonight? Do you think? Well, I I was thinking about human emotions. Like I was thinking about how I had a, a busy day, very tired, didn't get a lot of sleep last night, and. If I was to trust human emotions, I, I had no desire to, you know, do this, do what we're doing now. So there was no emotion driving me here. And so much we let our emotions lead our lives. And then often we uh, are aware that we make, you know, rational decisions uh, where we, you know, look past emotions and all that kind of stuff. Um, and I was just thinking how, you know, when you do do something that goes against an emotion, it, there's sort of a sort of an unknown, confusing quality to it in a in a weird kind of way. And then when you follow emotions, uh, you sort of then set yourself up for judgment as to whether that was a good idea or a bad idea, or whether I should have done this or should have done that, and all sorts of weird shit. So don't trust um, them, is what you're saying. What I'm saying is, yes, you, you know, rational thought on its own is not enough and emotions in isolation aren't enough, but emotions are very wonderful things. To me, they're like a life force. Mm. I've often described to people, you know, you've got to set them free. It's like a bird, let it out of the cage. It may have uh, perhaps been given birth in, in a cage, maybe the cage of your own thinking, uh, but then it's up to you to set that emotion free. And if you do, somehow it takes you somewhere. It's... Mm. Um, you know, they're beautiful things. But yes, you can't rely on them directly in that moment because otherwise, you know, the way I see the world when I'm happy is going to be very different to the way I see the world when I'm sad. So True. which one's the truth? Mm. You know, and I think that, you know, what I like to do is roll through the emotions and it does seem to open the door on a uh, perhaps a truthful way of seeing the world, which still allows for an emotional state, but you're not viewing through the goggles of one emotion. Yeah. But yeah, I was just yeah. So coming into this evening, I was just thinking how unreliable I guess emotions are, and you know, I could have one moment where, wow, yes, all right, I feel emotionally charged and positive, or just trying to put some words to it to uh, say do the podcast, and then you know, if I'm tired and not feeling like it, then there might be emotion that says don't do it, hmm. um, or I can't be bothered doing it, or why am I doing this, or what's the point, yeah. or Judgment. yeah, whatever, yeah. And it is interesting in life, isn't it? Finding that space where, you know, you don't force life in a sense. You know, you don't want to control yourself to do things in life. I, I think this disciplined approach to life is futile. So I didn't want, you know, it was important not to continue tonight from a place of discipline. And if I did, I guess that's what I'd talk about. But for me, it was important not to. Um just to find a truth in it. And the truth I found in it was that, well, I can talk about anything. If I can talk about anything, then it's not a big deal. 
so I can talk about not wanting to do it if I felt like it. And that's where my head went. And that's when it became like, sure, why not? Yeah. Let's just talk about your reluctance to do tonight's podcast. Yeah, whatever. That's right. But that's all right. Don't even think don't even think of it as a podcast. Just think of it as a chat between you and me and we're just recording it. So it's yeah. gonna be fun. Well, that does, is how does, I'm seeing it. Whatever we talk about, ultimately we're gonna end up coming back to fear, right? Well, only because we're talking about the future direction of humanity and what we need to right. do to change our behavior and all that kind of stuff. Given that that's what we're talking about, then yes, everything will come back to to fear. Um, but look, you know, from you, your experience and mine, we can see that we haven't come across people who actually, uh, as yet, see fear as the energy that guides every single human thought and emotion that they create in uh, response to their thoughts. Uh, that yeah. That one seems to have not hit the mark yet. People see fear as something they feel occasionally, you know, in response to a particular situation. I think they'd be surprised to find out that, you know, the entire reality is fear. And I'm not sure why they're so confused to embrace that idea, because all you've got to do is look at the collective reality that we create uh, and look at society. What's it founded on? Fear, drama, <laughs> violence, yeah. uh, or TV shows of drama, competition, winning, sport. Right. Yeah, the whole thing. There's, there's almost no truth, and fear creates all of that. So obviously, if fear is creating all of that, and it's a fear-driven society, and we know it's fear-driven because everyone's getting more fearful all the time, um, more insecure, more people on antidepressants, and blah, blah, blah. So um, yes, the evidence is there that we are living in fear. This is what fear looks like via the human mind in entirety. It's not just something we feel occasionally. Mm. And that's, that is the baseline that we have to accept as a species. So, you know, a lot of people will dispute that. They'll see the brain as the center of everything. They'll see consciousness as just part of a collective. They'll see some god or some deity. They'll see one thing that they want to see, but they won't see that. <laughs> they won't agree with you there. Yeah. I oh, know it's a hard one because basically you're – Stepping into their fear-based reality, which is the only reality that, as far as they're concerned, they have, that is reality. Yeah. And to tell them the whole thing is, is not quite what they think it is or not real, because if you, if you really expand that out, basically you're saying you're not who you think you are. You're just lost in a bunch of ideas. And if I strip those ideas down, uh, it all goes away. It's, it never was you. Uh, there'll be a re real you underneath all that, but... You know, it's asking someone to face that their entire life has been built off fear and energy that's not them uh, is a big ask because everyone likes to feel, you know, they're in control. And that's part of what fear creates. It creates this attitude to life that ensures that it's able to control the very entity that it's guiding. Even though the entity doesn't like fear and doesn't like the way it makes it feel, uh, it somehow creates a certain mode of thought that stops that entity ever even thinking that there's something else making it do and behave the way it is uh, in the entirety of its existence. And they are therefore, you know, kind of like a bystander almost watching, you know, a disaster unfold and incapable of doing anything about it because this uh, entity that's got them convinced that their life is their life, even though it's not their life. Yeah, I don't know. It's like they're, they're lost in a, a mist, mm. lost in a dream. But in that dream, they're dreaming that life is real. Mm. But all the time, not feeling like it is real. You know, that's, that's, it's very convoluted. 
the more you know people open up to this the more they will see just how strange this world of human existence is and what 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 it's structured from and how it's created and how it all ends up where it does end up um and you've got to really explore a lot but like you know just to conclude what we're saying yes fear has to be understood first and has to be accepted that that is the the building blocks of life at the moment uh, as we know it would you say there's anything on planet earth that isn't built from fear well, I don't know. As you know, I propose that fear and gravity could be the same thing. Sure. You know, the the very nature of the energy that holds this whole universe in place seems to work very similarly to the nature of how the construct works and how it holds everything in place and keeps us bound to this construct. Like, we can't leave it. It's like it's got a gravity effect, you know, and I see that in people. They try and even who work with me and they work hard and it's like you could see them getting getting away, getting away, and it's like a rubber band. It says, ah, you're not going anywhere, and it just sucks them back in because they're trying to defy nature in a sense. But nature is an illusion <clears throat> in the mind, in, in the nature of how what we think it is, and, uh, and then you realize there is actually nothing holding you back. So you don't have to fight against it. And it's not till someone realizes that that they can truly start seeing life. Uh, and that's when human emotions change, right? They start becoming very useful rather than mis misleading. Because uh, in a, a non-gravitational grip, uh, you know, where fear has left you alone and you've found, seen beyond the illusion, uh, then human emotions become a reliable guide, which is really intriguing. It's not even like, you know, let's not call them a guide. They just work in harmony with you. And it's you can trust what you feel, basically. Mm. Very accurate. So you sort of got this sensory system all linking up with emotions, thoughts, rationale, uh, feeling, gut feelings, uh, you know, heightened senses, whatever, the whole thing, they all coordinate. They're all basically in agreement to whatever it is they're seeing or experiencing. <clears throat> so you become a very sophisticated piece of machinery uh, as a human being, potentially. Uh, but as we currently function as a fear-based thing, we're, we're on, you know, no, you know how much I love animals, but uh, it's on an animal level. That's what we are, and that's how we're behaving. But interestingly, uh, it would appear there's no need for the human species to keep functioning at an animal level. Mm. But they're fighting for it, you know, like in Australia, like in what do we, what's that link you sent me earlier? Oh, that was the hunting the, industry. Yeah, no, the, um, <laughs> there was a study funded by the Australian government, good taxpayers' money on uh, sports shooters and hunters and people with firearms in Australia and the benefit that they provide to the society in terms of how much profit the industry brings in, how many jobs the industry creates, uh, what the well-being is of the hunters and shooters, and they apparently have a higher well-being than those living in the city because they get out more, David. They get out more into the, into the forest, into the scrub and pull up their high-caliber rifle and take down a beautiful... Dear. Yeah, well, obviously, I would say that's the government's response to a lot of pressure from animal rights organizations to to stop hunting. So yeah, they don't want to lose right. the money. So they came up with a research that said that it's a good for the well-being of a <laughs> yeah. human being, which yeah. is a really strange angle to take. But anyway, um, 
Yes. Yeah, so anyway, the the point I'm making is that that's animal that's animal functioning. So of course it makes sense to them. That's why hunters think they're they're more closer to nature and in the truth than people that don't hunt. You know, I've heard the right. angle that hunters come from. They, you know, they passionately believe what they're saying, and that's because in the the you know the area of the mind and how that's being utilized in a fear based reality. Um, of course, that's part of it. That you know that can be made sense of in that space. Mm. Um, but yeah, you know, it's animal functioning, it's basic, it uh, allows for murder and justifies it for no good reason, even in the face of, you know, presenting evidence that we don't even need to hunt or kill or do anything anymore of such nature. It's funny how people don't see that as a weird gift. We can live without having to murder. Like, why isn't the world jumping up in joy at all this research <laughs> coming yes. out? that says on a plant-based diet, we're healthier, perform better, live longer, better immune systems, don't get sick as much, uh, improve sex life, improve mental state, uh, blah, 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 the list goes on and on. The environment uh, will certainly respond better to the industries that are created around a plant-based diet on the planet, if that's what humans were eating, and there's no animal suffering. And we can hold our hands up and say, fuck, we've done it. We've worked out how to survive, and we're doing it without killing or unnecessarily hurting anything, ever. Like, why aren't we just grabbing at that? You know, that's the intriguing part. And of course, you know, in asking why, I know why from a technical point of view, but why not just ask it anyway? Hmm, you know? Absolutely. Seriously. You know, sure, all right, so there's a construct in fear, and that doesn't allow for that, and, and it creates a narrow vision, and people see what they want to see, and blah, 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 blah. But really, even in the face of all that bullshit construct shit that humans are trapped in, there's a there's a you in there listening, and answer the question, why aren't you all jumping at the opportunity to turn this ship around and create a peaceful world on planet Earth where children are brought up, not with selective violence, like meaning, oh, when you go to war, kids, it's okay to kill uh, animals, including cute little baby lambs, all good. Human beings, we really recommend you avoid it unless you're recruited in the police force or the army. Then, you know, we pretty much encourage you to kill. Um, not randomly, but, you know, we like you to have a murdering attitude. Um, and, of course... We can get rid of all that, all that insanity, you know, that madness, that having a government that controls us, for goodness sake. A government shouldn't be controlling us. A government's just a, an, an absorber of, 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 of humanity and life, and, and we channel ourselves into that hub, which then, you know, perhaps becomes the center point of, of wisdom on this planet. But it's, it's not, we don't pay money to, to these human beings so they can beat us up when we don't do what we're told you know it's, that's obviously ludicrous mm. and that's what we could walk away from all of that all that violence and abuse whether it be towards us whether it be towards you know from the government towards us whether it be from us towards each other uh, whether it be towards animals or anything abusive just to the environment just abuse would stop because we would be encouraging a non-violent culture uh, but the animal people, they're going to fight for it. You know, they, 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 what, they like their violence. They like their drama. They love all that shit. Uh, they're addicted to it in many mm. ways. Um, but, you know, having said that, surely, you know, even women, women are always sort of going on about how violent men are. You know, 
violence against women and how horrific that is. And so therefore women are putting themselves in a non-violent seat by saying how wrong violence is means they're saying they're non-violent. So let's just be generic for a second. That's effectively what women are saying, or they wouldn't be complaining so much about how violent men are. Uh, otherwise, they'd be hypocrites. Um, yet, strangely, um, how many women on the planet, you know, are quite okay about animal cruelty and abuse and murder and feeding that to their children, feeding their children dead bodies, uh, teaching their children that selective abuse and murder is okay. Whether they're doing it deliberately or not, that's the fact. So they are vicariously, you know, siding up with, with the violent pathway. And even if just the women in society could wake up and think, oh, shit, even if you couldn't see it, think about it. You know, think about what you're doing to your children. Think about the fact, yes, you are a woman. You, you know, women are always asking to be heard and their rights and that men should respect their, you know, that they're not as physically powerful and uh, that they are the more feminine, gentle of the species and that deserves respect. Well, then behave in a way that we can respect, I guess, would be the request. <laughs> and and that would it's be not too to much stop, to ask, is it? Stop promoting violence then, yeah. if you, you know, if take the lead. You know, because obviously to ask that from men is... And yet funny, you know, most of the leading movements in this animal rights movement in veganism are men that are, that are having the biggest changes. And we're meant to be the, the horrid, violent ones, which is really intriguing. So I think we've all got a lot to look at. Men, women, you know, society, everything. You know, we've got a lot to look at. We certainly do. About who we are and what we are and our behaviour. And uh, got off our little pedestals and stop judging each other and realise we're all in this together as cliche as that sounds, and, uh, and, and start facing the truth of life. Because it's there to be seen, you know. There's no such thing as chaos, for example, you know. It's just, that's what life looks chaotic when you don't understand it. And I think that's what it, all it is. We just haven't put enough time and effort into understanding what we are, uh, even though there have been movements towards it, the majority of society is, is focuses on things outside of us, including other animals and humans. So anything outside of us is where our focus goes, um, which is why people just don't grow much, why they're not very expansive in their thinking because they're not, you know, their attention's in the wrong place. Big topics, David, big topics. Yeah, big topics for a tired brain but um no you're doing well but you know everyone we're going to be talking to everyone's tired you know everyone's worn out stressed out and can barely cope anymore and we're just going to have to that's why we can't you know this is not some stressed out uh you know yelling match where we're going to tell everyone what we think they should do and they can yell back at us and tell us what they think what we're encouraging is let's just calm down Let's de-stress ourselves as much as possible. Uh, let's create a non-violent society. Let's bring up our children to be decent, real, and honest. Um, stop setting examples of hypocrisy all the time and then wondering why the next generation of kids go off track. Well, hello, because that's the example we set. They just have their own unique expression of what that may look like, depending on trends and eras and whatever. Um, and I just think, yeah, you know, at least admit that what I'm saying is, is completely fair and reasonable. That, that'd be a start just to see if people could go, you know what, I can't argue with that. We are a violent society, and yes, that would make sense that to stop destroying the planet would mean we need to become less violent as a species because if we weren't violent, we wouldn't be destroying the planet because that is a form of abuse, which is a form of violence. So our violence is just, you know, 
doesn't seem to have any boundaries. No wonder we have so many cops and things, you know, controlling us. Because uh, left to our own devices, we're not, not a very pleasant species as things currently stand. And that's what I think is just the fear. It's the fear in the human brain in that animalistic survival mode. You know, it, it creates fairly ugly outcomes of behavior and hence need, the need for high levels of, of control internally and externally. Um, and then each individual gets so controlling about their life and how to make it work and get what they want. And uh, I know everyone's hating it. Like everyone's stressed as fuck out. And so there's an out, you know, that's all I'm letting people know. You know, if you're genuinely over it, genuinely over feeling like shit and feeling insecure, stop trying to find the answers within the system of thought that's creating all the fucking mess that you're in. That's insane. Stop looking, you know, in, in within your home. Your home is built out of lies, uh, so you're not going to find truth in there. But everyone, everyone on this planet could free themselves of all of this angst and and pain and fear and insecurity and everything, you know. And if we could share that awareness that there's a pathway out of it, I mean, how exciting. There's a pathway out of fear and pain, psychological fear and pain. And then maybe that will teach us how to deal with other sorts of the physical realities in terms of pain. But for now, you know, I think that that is, uh, we should be, celebrating uh what you know once people are aware of it of course that uh there is a way end of an era yeah Yeah. end of an ugly painful era has come to an end you know we can relax um because it's it it, you know it's possible of course it is Mm. just even even just say it you think anyone just sitting there listening just think to yourself for one second as hard as it is to implement you are there listening to me. It's your life. Do what you like. Stop living true to some human program. Stop living true to some energy that's telling your brain what to do, which feeds off the program. And tell yourself, I don't need a program, which means I don't need to believe anything. I can just be me. And there's life waiting for you, just like that, ultimately. And sure, there may be a journey to get there, but, you know, in essence, you can just jump right in, like I said. And, of course, all the complexities of the mind and life and fear may try and come back in and confuse you again. But, the, you know, it won't own you anymore because you know there's more to life than what you thought there was. And then you can accept that that was all fear because you're not defending it anymore because you're not trapped in it. And you know there's a world beyond it. In fact, the world really starts outside of fear and the construct as far as i'm concerned that that's where it, it kicks off it's like uh our belief structures and our construct are like a you know like an egg and we're inside it and we grow in it but we're just not getting out yet no one's getting out so we die in it so we're not getting anywhere that's why we're not getting wiser that's why we don't learn from our mistakes or you know throughout history whether it be black people fighting for their rights in the United States, or women fighting for their rights, or gay people fighting for their rights, or whoever fighting for their rights. It just doesn't stop. But we don't learn anything. You know, we don't become more compassionate. It doesn't change. You know, and the latest one, of course, the biggest push out there is animal rights. So we all become vegan because we've finally come to the conclusion that it's healthier. But what have we learned? What have we learned about us? Nothing. You know, I think the pathway. Uh, with the animal rights movement is for us to use it as a perfect example just to show how bloody ridiculously violent we are and for us to expect to create a peaceful societies and a peaceful planet is ludicrous 
as long as we're functioning, you know, with violence as as the base template of our existence, because um, mm. it just is, whether we like it or not. And everyone is honest; they can feel it. You know, yeah. women w- women in general play a little bit this sweet little innocent woman card a bit much. I can feel violence in women; it doesn't take much. No, you say something they don't like. You know, their eyes change; they look very nasty. Like if they had the power, I reckon they'd knock you down in two seconds. Um, so the energy is the same, you know, it's in everyone. It's in all human beings. Men, men are just a bit more destructive because of their physical strength and they're a bit more programmed for violence. But, you know, at the heart of the human existence is violence and that's why animal cruelty exists. That's why human abuse exists and that's why environmental abuse exists. So let's just face that, you know, get real. It's not a big ask because, you know, look at what we're saying here. Hey, everyone, you might actually be able to save the entire human race and and the planet and create a sustainable life for all forever. How about that? Not to use outcomes as a a lure, but gee whiz, you know. That's a good one. Or keep going the way you're going, guaranteed destruction, guaranteed, 100%. You know, just do the maths on the psychology of it. You know, fear is growing. Fear grows exponentially. The more fear grows in the brain, the smaller our reality gets because we go down to a deeper, like trying to hold it together in a smaller, smaller world because we can't handle thinking about too much anymore. Um, We're eventually going to just implode. We're going to just, it's going to get ugly, be disgusting. (laughs) I mean, it already is. Well, at the moment, we're disguising it with all this fancy shit like you see on TV and all these reality TV shows and all the the fanciness of life. Like we're desperately lunging at the moment to sort of counterbalance the patheticness of of us getting sucked in to this black hole um, that seems to be drawing humanity down further and deeper. Um, and it's really interesting to watch because it's completely unnecessary and it's not real. As soon as humans wake up, uh, then that energy has no power. We have to be asleep for it to be able to manipulate us, which is you know, proof that we are asleep. Because as soon as I wake people up, which is basically what I do, uh, fear loses its grip to a large degree. It slips. You know, I can't be around them all the time, and then they get back out in society. They start talking to normal people. Before they know it, they're interacting in a fear-based way without even knowing it. And then fear tries to grip it back in their life. But, you know, at least they know that's what's happening now. Mm. Yeah, I, I think we could change things. I really, you know, I feel confident that it's uh, it's possible. The only thing I don't can't see clearly is, you know, when people will get to a point where they're uh, ready to admit that this is all true. Mm. And ready it's to a funny this, thought, yeah. you know. Well, yeah, because I, I, I've got no interest in trying to convince people or sell anything or get through to people in that in that way. Like, it's just ridiculous and there's no need for it because it's, it's simply a matter of, well, this is the truth. This is what's really going on on this planet. This is what's happening in the human mind and it's all there for everyone to see. And everyone I know that opens their eyes up sees the same thing I can see. It's not unique to me. It's there to be seen. So let's see it. And then, then we can talk about it instead of these silly debates. Like, you know, like that young girl that we spoke about last night that gave that speech, Greta. Mm. Have you seen some of the some of these adult men, the way they talk about it? It's like particularly adult males, like sort of 50, 60, 70 plus. The ones that have been uh, putting her down or the ones that have been... The ones putting her down. Right, mm. yeah. 
Yeah, I, I did like, read something really, about that today. Really aggressive. There's a real violence in them. Like they like they really got their back up about her, and and it's like and one one of the uh, journalists sort of challenged one of them and said. What are you all getting so worked up about? It's a 16-year-old girl. Why aren't we talking about what she's talking about rather than needing to put her down? Like, who cares? Yeah, she's that's a, right. You know, Listen she, to the message. She's a young... <laughs> so what? Yes. Yeah. Like, I know, but it's really intriguing. It's like there's so much for people to see that, can, that proves we're trapped in a delusional dream. Just the way we respond to things, the way we're missing things, the way we can't see what's really going on. You know, it's it's all over the place. That's the perceptual world. It's like it's like a drug. It's like everyone's on LSD, and you know, but they have their own little versions of it, and then they connect in the versions that match up with other versions, and it's weird. You know, it's <laughs> it that. is quite odd to watch. <laughs> it is. If people, yeah. Once people see it, humanity will look back and think, "Whoa, where were we?" You know, it's like crazy land. That's why I wrote a book called "The Insanity of Humanity," because to me, it, it is. It, it's completely insane mm. like totally yeah nuts um it's a state of insanity yes i mean just that that's going to be a tough one for the human species to face that, that, that they are by the very nature of their behavior insane um enforcing deluded realities as if it's true when, when it isn't that that is insanity uh, but the interesting thing is once you see it you're no longer insane which is good you know there's the ticket out that's the beginning of true growth and development. Because at the moment, we're not growing and developing at all. Like, at all. If you think about it, there's a lot of people out there that have given up all their knowledge on, you know, psychology, human behavior. That You know, that angle's been going for ages. Spiritual teaching's been going for ages. You know, meditation, all that sort of stuff. And yet, despite all of that, thousands of years of, you know, contributing effort from human after human after human after human and practicing and trying and putting it out there, we're going downhill. You can see it. It is. It's like a black hole. It's like this journey goes nowhere but down. doesn't matter what we do or how hard we try, we're going down. <laughs> that, we're all going to die. Well, that's the facts. Yeah. yeah. And you got to like go, whoa, okay, well, that's interesting, isn't it? You know, you can't panic about it, but it's the truth. And if you sit in the truth of it, you don't panic. It becomes more intriguing. It's like, right, okay. And that opens up the door to asking questions. And if you ask the right questions, guess what? You get the right answers. It comes back, you know. And it's like I found that really intriguing in life. You know, if I ask the right questions, it's like they just, the answers come at some point. You know, it's like you're opening the door to the truth and eventually you make sense of it because you let it in. But if you don't let the truth in, of course, it you needs to be understood from within. But once it's in, you will understand it, guaranteed. So we know there's no truth in the world at the moment, which is intriguing to think that. No wonder we can't connect. No wonder no marriages are, you know, people don't actually love each other and even so-called successful marriages Highly debatable at, at to what level they're truly connecting. I've I've never personally come across or seen or heard of a relationship where there, you know, a man and a woman or anyone really are, are, are connecting on a real, real level where they genuinely really know each other. Um, and if they are out there, they're few and far between. Um, I'm sure a lot of people would be putting their hands up saying, "I've got that relationship with my husband or my daughter or somebody," but you know. Sadly, I think if we put it to the test, we'd find out that they're not really connecting deeply because if so many of us were, then others would learn from them and then lots of us would be connecting deeply and then we'd all be feeling content and we wouldn't be living on a violent planet. Um, 
So we know we're not connecting, despite technology, despite all these social platforms to connect on. Uh, we're becoming more disconnected from each other. And that's because we're all shrinking away into our own realities. We're kind of disappearing in a strange kind of way. Mm. Now, I know there's all this lunging around in behavior at the moment. We've got a lot to learn and we don't have much time to do it, David. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, look, I think I'm done for tonight. Okay. Yeah, all right. Thanks. Thank you. Talk to you later. See you.